and welcome to the Perimeter Church Podcast. How important are names? Some find them critical. For others, like Shakespeare, not so much. The Bible uses over 100 different names for Jesus, but are there any that matter more than the others? On Christmas Eve, lead teacher Randy Pope asks, what's in a name? He looks for the answer in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Thank you for joining us today. What's in a name? I think in any name you can find uh, probably something good about the name, maybe something not so good about the name. But uh, sometimes you find something maybe a little good and something that's not so good. I think of uh, maybe the choice of a parent to name their little child Sarah. And so anybody say, well, that's good news because Sarah is not just a beautiful sounding name, but, but it has such wonderful meaning to it. It actually means lady or princess. And so, well, that's, that's good news. What could the bad news be? Well, maybe you find out that it's a boy they named Sarah. That's maybe bad news. Well, we're going to be reading the story of Christmas out of the gospel of Matthew in the first chapter. And we're going to read about the naming of Jesus. And he's going to be given two names in the text. And we're going to find that there is some good news and there's some bad news in the giving of these names. In fact, I'm going to suggest to all here, and particularly you kids, I want you kids to pay close attention. Not just because there's potential money by doing so, and there is, but because I'll tell you, and I'll say this to you adults as well, if you get this, you'll understand Christianity. You'll forever understand Christmas if you get these names. Now, in doing so, I am going to be choosing, as I mentioned, one person to come up here and participate in, uh, in this little game we're doing. You're going to need to remember, kids, if you are nine and under, you get to participate. So anybody nine or under, you qualify. Now, you're going to have to remember more than last year. Last year, I had three little words, okay? And so it was a little less money, too. And so we're going to be jacking up the money a bit because this isn't as easy. You're going to have to learn six words, all right? I'm going to give you those words right now, and I want you to note them. You can write them down. If you get called up here or if you're meeting with your parents, you can't just read it. you got to remember it, okay? So I want you to work on this through the few minutes of this uh, short talk, okay? Here's the first. Two types of news that we need to remember. And I bet you can tell me the two types of news. I know you can now. It's on here. Bad news and good news, right? So those are the first two words you've got to remember. Easy to remember. Bad and good, referring to news. Secondly, we're going to be talking about two different names given to the Christ child, the Son of God. Those two names, Jesus and Emmanuel. There's four of our six words. Easy enough. The last two become a lot more difficult. And the reason is because these last two are words that some of you below nine years of age will not really understand or know the meaning of. I'll explain them. But the two words are exclusive and inclusive. Harder words now. 
I got to make them very clear to you. Exclusive. We hear X. Maybe you think of exit. I think most of our kids here know that when you see an exit sign, it refers to out. Exit out. In thinking about that, we're talking about now a word that maybe we would perhaps best understand through the words left out. If you're a part of a group and they're choosing to do something and all of a sudden you realize everyone's going, but they didn't invite you, you feel left out. That's excluded. All right. And that's the first word. All right. Now, the other one is included. It's just the opposite. And it starts with the word in, which is easy to remember, inside. If you're brought inside to a group of your friends, they've said, we're including you. And so they bring you in. So X, out, in, coming in. All right? So that'll help you just remember those words. All right? If you can remember X and N, I'll even give you credit for that. All right? Depending upon your age. But um, so keep those six words in mind. Now, the harder part might be, just remembering the order of these words, because you have to remember the order. So I'm going to put that up as well, and you'll see the bad news has to do with the name Jesus, and that has to do with exclusive, and we're talking about salvation. So some people are kept out of salvation based on the understanding of the word Jesus. But the good news is the name Emmanuel tells us that the good news that People are invited in to the faith of Christianity. But that's the good news. So keep those six words in mind and the order that we have those. And I'll review them a couple of times before we're finished. Verses 18 through 25, not a lengthy text, but it's the story known as the Christmas story. Beginning verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. There's that first name. For he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name, and there it is, Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Joseph awoke from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's look at the bad news to begin with. The bad news. The underlines will remind you, kids, of the three words that go together. The bad news, the name Jesus, made salvation extremely exclusive now, this was bad news. The name of Jesus was bad news for two kinds of people. Hear this. Rebellious and religious. Both. It really was bad news for them. The word itself in the Hebrew is a very interesting word. It's Joshua. We're very familiar with the word Joshua. 
Well, that word was made up of, of two words. And, and any one of the, the people who understood the Hebrew language, they understood this. They knew that it was made up of two words, hoshia, which has to do with salvation, and the word yah, the Lord. It literally means salvation is of the Lord. Uh, how could that be bad news? Well, it's bad news in this sense. It declared Christianity to be on a collision course with all other religions, every other religion. Literally, you can think of none. It was on a collision course in this regard. You take the Jews and the Muslims. Now, their teaching was God can't become man. You take the Hindus or the Buddhists. And they would say, well, God continually becomes man. Now, Christianity is coming on the scene with the name of Jesus and is declaring, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, God has become man once and for all. And that salvation is only of him and of him alone. That was bad news for most of the world then and now. It made it, I mean, absolutely exclusive to anybody who would say, Religious or non-religious, I think I can figure out some things I could do that make God like me. If I live this way, if I talk this way, if I treat people this way, if I do this, if I don't do that, I can figure out surely then God's going to be good to me because of what I have done. And the whole of the teaching of the name of Jesus is to say, "Uh uh-uh, it doesn't work. Salvation is only of God. It's not what we do. It's what he does. This is even bad news for many Protestants and Catholic moral people. Because it actually is saying, look, if you believe in your own merits that you can do something, no, it won't happen. Well, all of this became really clear when Jesus comes along. And in John 14, 6, many of you know this passage is a very noted passage. Put it up here. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, I understand that many people today hear that kind of statement when we make it, even as Christians. And uh, and we say, well, you know, we really believe there's one way to God, and it's through the person of Jesus Christ. What do we hear? Oh, you Christians, y'all are so intolerant. You're so intolerant. I don't have a problem with your religion. For you, how come you can't? Be as accepting of my religion of me. But you're so intolerant. If there's one word, I think I've heard more than any other word to criticize Christianity. There it is right there. I have the opportunity, as many of you know, I have an opportunity to meet with a lot of people, a lot of men over lunch. And, and we're talking about spiritual things and life and so forth. And, and in the, the midst of talking about the Christian faith, whenever this comes up, I'll often hear this statement. Man. That just seems a little intolerant right there. You know, this uh, only one way. Come on. I don't really get that and so forth. And I said, well, let me ask you. I hold that belief. I really do. Do you think I'm intolerant? And I've heard on many occasions. Well, I, I think it is intolerant if that's what you believe. And my response is some of you heard me teach before. My response is always the same. I'll look at them and I'll say, look, please, let me tell you this. Don't ever call me intolerant. You, you really get me heated if you do that. Now, you can call me stupid and you can call me wrong and it won't bother me a bit. I may be both, but intolerant, no. And I use this illustration. I say, just imagine, and this is the person I'm sitting with. I say, just imagine that I excuse myself and go to the restroom. 
as I'm walking by the kitchen, an open door, I happen to see our waiter talking to a cook. And the cook, I overhear saying, you know, that, see that table over there, that guy sitting there? And I look, and it's the table that I was at and, and he's at now. And he says, see, that guy, I hate him. Hated him for years. I'm going to kill him. In fact, I'm going to do it today. He pulls out a little, a little tube that has some liquid in it and says, this is poison, cyanide or whatever. And says, I'm going to put this in some batter of cookies and I want you to take them to the table when they're finished eating. And I want you to tell them that this is an anonymous gift, a friend that just wanted to leave this with them. And he'll be dead in a second. Well, I hear that and I go, oh my goodness, I can't believe what I'm hearing. And so I rush back to the table prepared to tell him what I've heard. And I think, oh man, they'll think I'm crazy if I say that. I'm not going to say that. Uh, if no cookies, no foul, no problem. If the cookies come, I'll say something. And sure enough, here comes that waiter with cookies, the same statement. I know it's for real. And the person there sitting with me says, oh, good. Thank you. I love these cookies. Grabs the cookie and starts to eat it. And I'll say, and what should I do at this point? Every time I hear the same thing, well, you ought to tell me not to eat it. And so, okay, I tell you don't eat it. And I tell you the story behind it, everything I've heard. And you look at me and you say, man, you've got to be kidding me. You believe, come on, you are crazy. And you start to put it into your mouth. Now, what should I do? And do you know, on every occasion, I've heard the exact same thing. And the, you grab my hand. Don't you let me eat that cookie. I say, you tell me why that's not being intolerant. The reason is because I have information that I think to be right. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm wrong. But if I believe it's correct and it's information that will hurt you, it would be an unloving thing to let you take it. And there's the story of Christianity. It's so exclusive in many respects because it says salvation is of God. Kids, you got the first one now? Remember those three Three words, they go together. Bad, Jesus, exclusive. Okay? Now, let's go to number two. This is the good news. We'll put it up so you can see it again. The underlined words. The good news, the name Emmanuel, made salvation extremely inclusive. This really was good news. It was good news for immoral people, broken people, uh, mean-spirited, undisciplined, selfish and even religiously discouraged people. This was the greatest news possible. Oh, good. It's not of me because I know I can't do it. Tried before. Can't be. I know I can't. I'm helpless without you doing for me what I can't do for myself. It literally means God with us. You think about who are those that are the us? Who makes the cut in other religions? It's always good people. But it's interesting in the faith of Christianity, it's just the opposite. It's the people who say, I, I just can't do it. I know I'm not good enough. And I know there is nothing I can do to make me good enough. Now you're becoming qualified. I find it interesting, kids. You ever noticed who Jesus hangs around with? You read the Bible. When he's with the good people that seem to have it all together, religious people, do you know what he's saying to them? He's saying hard things to them. He shows tenderness and mercy and kindness and flocked toward those who were poor, who were broken, who were sick, outcast, weak, 
marginalized, even immoral. He gravitated to them because he knew that they would hear his message, that salvation is of the Lord. You know, kids, do you know that the most common name in the Hebrew language at that time was Jesus? It was really Joshua. That was the Hebrew word Joshua. And during that day, Joshua was given, it was kind of like today. You ever heard the word John Doe? That would be the equivalent of our John Doe, just a common name. Well, it was because it was ordinary. And not only was his name ordinary, I mean, his family was ordinary, his birth, parents, education, everything was just ordinary. So here we've got it. Number two, remember the words. Here's the good news. The good news is Emmanuel because it is inclusive. It includes any of us right here. It's God with us, you or me. So now let me conclude. Two points finished. I shared in a recent series at the end of a message just this last few weeks ago about how all of us are familiar with infomercials. You remember infomercials? And you hear this incredible product for a very low price and they sell you on it. You're thinking, wow, how can they sell that so cheaply? And then every time they end saying, but wait, kids, what, what comes after that? There's more. But wait, there's more. Let me tell you, if I stop now, you'd miss so much because there is more. Hear this adults as well. There's more. You see, it's not just God with us in terms of mankind. God has become one of us, man. It is that. But this is the promise of God with us, individual. Individually. When we come into that relationship with him, he is with us. My wife asked me this year, said, would you, would you teach something at Christmas Eve on Emmanuel, God with us? She said, let me show you what I did a few years ago. And I remembered it, but I hadn't, I'd forgotten. And she had a, a journal. And for a year, she'd gone through the scriptures. And every scripture where she found, with you, I'll be with you. I am with you. She wrote it out. It was a thick manual. And I flipped through it and saw one after the next, promise after promise after promise. God's saying, you remember this. I'm with you. Amy Maywald's journal entry continued this way. After talking about the hope that we have, she says, Christmas is hope. Where else can you see God so clearly reaching down to mankind and intervening on our behalf. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He lived with us and experienced all that is in this broken world had to hurl at him. He did it on our behalf for us. For the days like this, when the world doesn't make sense, referring to the killings in Connecticut. He did it for the days when we stand at the grave of a loved one, Taken too soon. I know she knows that experience. Some of you do too. How about this one? He did it for the days when tears outnumber smiles. Any of us here saying, oh, I don't have near as many smiles as I have the tears. And cries outnumber laughs. Any of you relate to that? 
Jesus is our hope and the solid rock we can stand on when this world is full of shifting sand. She ends by saying, Christmas is the beginning of that promised hope coming to life. God poured out his love for us by giving us his son to live with us, die with us, and rise again with us. He continues to be with us. He is Emmanuel. I want to never forget, even in the sad or lonely times, the times when the world seems so broken beyond repair, Jesus is with us. He will one day make all things right, and Christmas will never feel blue again. Pretty good. So tell me, how do you find this salvation? You say it's of God? All right. Then how do you get it from God? And my answer to that is, you have to simply pursue him. What do you mean pursue him? I don't know. Just pursue him. Well, how do you pursue him? I just pursue him. How, do you, how did you pursue the one maybe that is now your spouse? Your want to be at that time. You try to spend time getting to know them. Letting them know you. But in this case, it's when he does know us. We say, God, I have no hope outside the work of the cross And what you've done on my behalf, you know what? That's the only way I can come to know you. You take my sin and you pay for it and I get your righteousness and live forever with you. That's the greatest exchange that could ever, ever, ever been made. It doesn't just come by saying, okay, I want it, here it is. No. Sometimes you say, I want to want to, but I just don't want to. How do you get there? I would say this. You get exposed as much over this next year. To God's word and God's people as possible. You get exposed. And in so doing, see if you don't fall in love with Jesus. And when you fall in love with him, you'll know you have. Because your behavior changes. And you find yourself wanting to be obedient. It's the greatest test of love. I hope this year, for you kids and all the adults, it's going to be a year of falling in love or falling more in love with the one who is always with us. That's good news. We're all included. Kids, it's time now to uh, see who makes some money, all right? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get somebody. uh, I know Ken. uh, Yeah, you need to listen. Um, You give me a number, and I've not talked to Ken, trust me. Give me a number between 1 and 12. Uh Uh-huh. 11, all right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Leo, give me a number between 1 and 31. 31, all right. November 31, let me ask this. Are there any kids, 9 and under, whose birthday is November 31? Yell out if it is. Did I get the wrong number? You sorry. <laughs> Should have known I was using the wrong guy. Give me another number. And and don't pick your don't kick your, pick your kid's birthday, okay? 30. All right. November 30th. Anybody here have the birthday November 30? Scream it out if you do. All right. Now before I go to the next cuz I'm going to go down the number, but here's this. Don't come up if you don't have the answers. Okay, 
You want to come up only if you think you can answer it. So November 29, screaming out if you got it. 28? 20, 28? 27? 26? Come on, help me out here. I can't be here all night. 25? First time I got it last service. 24? Scream it out if you do, if I miss you. 23? Uh, <laughs> I, gu- I guarantee you, I guarantee that's one of my grandchildren. I guarantee it. Oh, man. Where was I? 20, what's next? November 20, 22? Anybody got a birthday in November? Anybody been born, please? You, you have the answer? You think you got the answers? Nine-year-old? Nine-year-old and younger. Come on. Uh, huh? All right, come on. You think you got it? Come on down, all right? I'll be telling them this when they, while you're coming down. Um, yeah, we'll... There you go. If you could, it'd be a lot quicker if you could just drop her over the balcony. Somebody will <laughs> be happy to catch her. This is a true story. I'm not telling you a lie. I do this in the last, and of course, the first number is, is, is accepted. And I see a hand go up, and I said, well, you come on over here. And here are two guys walk up, little guys like this. And they both walk up, and I look at them. I mean, this is for 20 bucks. I don't have a lot of money. And there's two of them that come up, and they're twins on that day. <laughs> they're twins. So now instead of 60 bucks, I'm out 80 bucks. This has been a hard Christmas. All right, so here they come. Here she comes. All right, come on down here. Come on, come on down, and, and we'll, uh, we'll introduce you and see how this works. Come on down. All right. Come on up here. Thank you so much. Um, I thought there was going to be a mic here. Okay. Come on up here. Yeah, come on. What's your name? Gracie. Gracie. Very good, Gracie. You think you know the answers? By the way, so cute. You're so cute. Um, Do you know what the name Gracie means? No? Winner. All right, winner. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay, here's what we need to do. We need to get the six words first, all right? So I'm going to give you a little bit of help here. There are two kinds of news. What are they? Bad news. Yes, and? Good news. Good news. Very good. Okay. We need two names for the Son of God. And what are those names? The first one? Jesus. And the second one? Emmanuel. Very, very good. All right, now, two important words. These are hard words. Can you remember those last two words? What are they? Exclusive and inclusive. Very good. Can you put the words in order of the first line? Mm -hmm. All right, what are they? Bad news, uh, Jesus, and exclusive. Wow. One more to go. Can you do the second line? All right. What is it? Um, good news. Emmanuel. Inclusive. Inclusive. There you go. Very, very good. So, just because of time, I won't put you on the spot. Do you think you understand what those two mean? Yes. 
All right, I said, I, I may not mention it, but I'm the judge, and you're the jury, and uh, what do you think? Give her the 20? Oh, absolutely. Very good. You did a great job. Thank you. Good job. Now, parents, let your kids play. Let them do it at home, okay? I don't want to see lots of kids coming to me, but uh, and that's a great opportunity to discuss it with them as well. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for the privilege on this, the eve of Christmas, to be reminded of the great story that salvation is of you and that you are with us. I pray for every one of us, whatever we're walking through, however blue this Christmas may, may come to us, I pray that those two realities would guard our hearts and our minds. And that we might find peace and joy as we have never known before. Most importantly, God help us as we investigate further through the year. Cause us to come to know you. We would love that if we don't already. We invite you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. With services Saturday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 9 and 1045. Please visit our website for more information at www.perimeter.org. Be sure to visit the media resources section to give us your feedback and find other messages from our teaching team.